right, first things first. Hit Factor, what are you drinking tonight? Got uh, some Kentucky Spirit, neat. It is delicious. I need another bottle. I'm glad to hear that you drink it like bourbon should be drank, and you don't have a bunch of ice and nonsense like that in it. I would love to hear uh, feedback. I would love to hear feedback from anybody who wants to disagree with me on that. And let, let's let's open that up for discussion. I'm happy for it. Uh, yeah, I don't want I don't want any feedback on that. I'm drinking Maker's Mark. Um, it's like the what was it one? What one is it, Jeremy? It's like the. It's like, the, the, it's like a hundred. I yeah, think she said it's hundred and ten proof. Um, yeah. And it's too much for me. Like it, it hurts so bad. So there's ice in it, and it's already melted and watered down. <laughs> so it's at a good level for me now. Okay, I should. I, maybe I need to restate. If if you're a complete sissy like Jeff, then <laughs> then maybe putting some ice in your bourbon at that in, is fine. But you have to be willing to admit that you're a complete sissy like Jeff. Why you gotta put labels on it like that? It just seems pretty shitty. That's what we do. Uh, I have some, I just got a little bit of Henry McKenna left. It's a uh, 10 year bourbon. That's a uh, single barrel product. It's like Kentucky spirits. Kentucky spirits is a single barrel product. Uh, wild Turkey is a big enough, uh, distillery that they're like Kentucky spirits going to be fairly consistent. Um, the Henry McKenna is, they can have an outstanding bottle of it and it can have just kind of a so, so bottle. But this one's this one's actually pretty good, uh, so I enjoy it. It's only a hundred proof, so it's pretty easy, pretty easy going. Mm, but that's probably on par with what I'm drinking. Man. I bet you're as much ice as you've had melted in there. I bet you're down to like ninety proof by now. <laughs> if that, it's pretty smooth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are officially in the off season now, um, which apparently means people are just going crazy, uh, which is, which is, I mean, at the very least, it's it's entertaining uh, for some people, and some people are like, when can this madness end? Um, if you don't know what's going on at all. Which you're probably in my boat because, like, a little bit, like, there's like a little bit. I'm just like, what is like, what's going on with all this mess? Like, there's been some leaked emails from the board of directors, um, and then supposedly some of that stuff has been it's been edited to make it look worse than it actually was. Is what I'm kind of hearing some people say, and then and then today as of this. <laughs> recording then apparently there is also this this big kerfuffle and i think maybe some of my comments have have uh contributed to it in the past i don't need to i don't mean to put too much importance on anything i've said i don't mean to do that but there seems to be this there's two groups apparently in uspsa i have been told there are the m's and gm's who are one group and they are all elitists, and they all just want to just have the sport just favor them at, to the detriment of all the A, B, C, D shooters. Uh, and then you have the A, B, C, D shooters, uh, and they're another group, and we should cater the sport to them because they are the largest part of the sport. Does that sound like... I think the the A shooters get caught in between. Honestly. Yeah, they are. I think, I think they kind of get kicked out of both groups because uh, I think I think it's actually like the the, uh, the DCB shooters and the A shooters get left out of that group, but they're also not included in the elitist group. Yeah, they're not so good enough like, yet, right? So not good enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but can I can I still be friends with my friends that are like in B class? Or am I not allowed to speak to them anymore? I'm, I'm confused uh, on how this works. You know, I don't. I haven't talked to our group leader yet, and so, so we need to. We needed to. We need to establish that if that's if that's permissible or not. Maybe some bylaws or something. Okay, hold on. As, as someone yeah. who's been told that they're an elitist to their face, um, you have to disown those people. 
you, you can't you can't uh, can't communicate with them. Okay, there you go. I I feel like you get a one class. Should it be one or I think you get a one class grace. So if you're a GM, then you can speak to the M's and and be fine. Uh, and then, but if you're an uh -huh. M, you could you could speak to the A's if you were an M class. You could you could do that. Um, but if like a B class even tried to speak to a GM, then mm, that's that could be rough, man. That'd be real rough. And what about when you're like going out for Mexican food after the match, and they ask you if you're going? Are you allowed to also go if there's a one class disparity there? If they will, food with them? they they should be paying at least for your drinks. <laughs> that should be like their their entry. Well, well, hey. Get no, to hang no, out. no. Primers are expensive enough. I can't have people paying for my beer. Also, oh, uh, that's no, that's that's right. true. It's a good point. Hey, uh, okay. Before we really get rolling on it, I have to say one thing that's that frustrates me beyond anything about this topic, and that is exactly what we're talking about: the groups that everybody's been categorized into, just like our current political system has done in this country. Whereas, if you if you don't agree with uh, you know, the current administration, you're suddenly a Trump supporter. You're not anybody but a Trump supporter, right? Um, and we've done that here as well. It's like, if you don't agree with what's currently being done, you're in that group. You're that group of people. And it pisses me off a lot. So, anyway. And, and I think this is a great time to lead into that listener question we had. It's very related to this. So we had a listener named Steven that wrote in, said, question or topic for discussion. We've heard some updated aspirations for how to improve USPSA for competitors. You have some people out there who support those revisions. How can people like me help those of you leading or influencing the changes to achieve your goals? That's an interesting question. Yeah, that's... It is interesting. Um, it's a really strange question, honestly. But. Because uh, it's not a strange. Jeff, don't be an elitist. Um, <laughs> I I read that to say that like there's a lot of people who put out things that are like you know wanting to truly tackle like popular calibration issues or like the current rule changes and production fifteen and all all that kind of stuff. Like if if he if a person agrees with a specific thing that other people are speaking about how do they help push that forward if they want to see that happen okay. so i would i mean i would say first of all like listen like be open to listening to another side uh like you can even if you disagree with them even after they say what do they say even if you disagree with them be open to listening to them and being respectful to them i think that would be good uh, and I would think if there are two groups that there are some, let's, okay. Can we just, can we say that a big part of this is coming from, from not from Matt Hopkins directly, but it's coming from people talking about Hopkins and saying that he's leading this insurrection in the sport. Uh, and, and that like, that's, that's fair. Like that's, that's fair to say, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, he certainly, I think he wants to see some specific changes, but he hasn't really, like, put out a platform, and a lot of people are jumping and tagging stuff on him that he hasn't said yes or no that he supports this or that or anything yet. Yeah, that's and that's been a big problem. Um, but there have been people on both sides of that argument of, of Hopkins or no Hopkins um, that, have been, that have been respectful and disrespectful. Uh, and so like, I would like, if you're a Matt Hopkins supporter and you're, and you're just trashing like the BOD and you're trashing like the organization and you're trashing anybody that disagrees with him, you're not helping Matt. Like that, yeah. that is not, that does not help Matt, uh, get to a position where he can help see change happen or make positive changes. Um, that makes his life harder. And so, so at any point, if you're interacting with somebody that's i think trying to be as respectful as possible from that is is a positive um and that goes also to current board of directors uh that you know if you're going to if you're going to say something about 
Matt or somebody else, like making up, like you need to show evidence if you're going to say that Matt is saying something or he's, uh, bless you, if y'all just heard that gigantic, sounds like a hurricane, it was a Sasquatch sneezing. Um, but uh, like if you're going to make up stuff about what Matt has said or said his platform is going to be, um, like showing evidence other than just showing, like showing evidence might be a good thing to help further that along rather than just saying, oh, you're from that group, so you're an elitist, so you believe this. It's like, well, no, that's probably not, that may be not be quite, quite accurate there. Um, let's, let's show some proof and let's have an actual dialogue rather than just saying, nope, we're going to dismiss you. Yeah. And, and I, I want to point one thing out, like to, where you're talking, if you're going to have a discussion with someone, just because you don't agree, doesn't mean you can't stay civil about it, but also you know, something to keep in mind. If you start out a discussion telling someone why they're wrong, they're most likely going to get defensive on, on why what they're doing is what they're doing. So let's say the production 15, production 10 conversation that's pretty common anymore. If you're a supporter of production 15, don't tell me what's wrong with production 10. Tell me what production 15 brings to the sport. And if you're a supporter of production 10, then tell me what that brings to the sport and supports. Like, don't, not that one, just because one side might be better doesn't mean the other side's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. This kind of reminds me of this little kid's book that I was reading to my kid like an hour ago. <laughs> I was talking about listening to people and, and trying to understand where they're coming from. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. at the end of the day... I, I... Go ahead, Jeff. I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, sorry. At the end of the day, like a bunch of infighting is not going to help to sport anywhere. I mean, there's certainly things that I don't support that the current board has done, but that doesn't mean I don't like the people on the board. Like, I think very highly of Chad. You know, obviously, the the area directors I've had the most interaction with are Chad, Sherwin, and Matt. So, and and I like all three of them. Like, me and Sherwin disagree greatly on what makes a good match, (laughs) but I still like Sherwin. Right. Yeah, and I really, I don't know, I wish people would stop treating this kind of like, like Jeremy said, like an insurrection or whatever. I mean, like, can we can we just think about it as we're trying to improve the sport, so we're, we're putting our, our vote and our, our effort where we think that's going to count? Yeah. And uh, stop, I don't know, stop slinging a bunch of shit. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it may end up being an insurrection, but I don't necessarily know that it's going to be an insurrection for the sake of an insurrection. Uh, yeah. More that, uh, like, I I think a large majority of people that are heavily involved in the sport, um, I guess you could classify those as M and GM people, but I don't necessarily think that's a true statement. Um, no, it's- but. It's like what we discussed on the last podcast. I think talking about people as their level of involvement is more important than their level of skill. Because the people that are involved are the ones that are going to be the ones paying attention and voting and stuff like that. And that does not mean you're a GM. It doesn't even mean you ever shoot nationals. You might shoot three club matches a year. But if you're staying involved and you're voting when area director positions are up or when the president's up and stuff, you're involved. You know what's going on. And those are the opinions that I think are most important to the board, regardless of where they fall on this. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I mean, my sense of it is the majority of those people aren't aren't like real happy with where USPSA sits right now. Again, that's that's my sense of it. Like, I don't have a pulse on all of like every single member that's actively involved, but that's my sense of it. Um, is that they would they would like to see things start moving in a positive direction and a little less of this negative drama that we have going everywhere. And I think removing our past president was a really good step in that direction. Um, yeah, clearly. Uh, so let's hope that we can keep, I think, I think we still have some growing pains 
before we get to that point. Um, but I do think there is, I think there's a chance for that to, to get to a point of some more stability yeah. and more, a little bit more, less, less drama. I think there's, there's just still a lot of like mistrust floating in the air from, from, yeah. you know, a bad presidency and, and that's going to have to clear, but to, uh, to kind of answer this question or what I think this question was, um, to, um, to support, uh, the cause, I guess, of, of someone who you agree with, I kind of think the only way to do that is, is to let the people who are in charge know, um, you know, people keep saying that, but, and then we hear from area directors and they say that, you know, they, for the majority of what they hear is, is not, um, what these people are talking about, I guess. Yeah. So, um, if you support these people's causes and you want to help them further their cause, um, tell the people that matter, tell your, your coordinators, tell your directors, um, tell the people that matter. Yeah. It's, it's really easy to send an email. It's the, your yeah. area director, the email is area, their number at USPSA.org. Yeah. Or a lot of you will even know your, your directors and whatnot. So tell them in person, text them, whatever. Uh, another way that you can help, uh, is, uh, share the hit factor podcast and make mm. sure that, that you get like lots more people listening to us. Uh, that's that that'll be very beneficial. Yes, to us. I don't think anyone <laughs> on this podcast has any political aspirations, so it is truly only for us. Yeah, uh, yeah. I have I have no desire to be in a uh, an office of any kind. Though I have grown enough as as a person to know that. I could see myself going there in the future. Oh. Like I don't right now, but I could see myself changing my mind. Like say when I get as old as Jeremy or something. I could see that. I could it's see that. Of, yeah. It's kind of like, I don't really want to go work like really big matches that I want to compete at now, but I know someday like I'll back off the competing and it'll be fun to go work those matches. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, I think that's a cool, pretty cool. natural progression. Yeah, and I so I will confirm one thing that may may makes me think that I'm a people think I'm an elitist, and I'm okay with that. Uh, and if you disagree with this, with the statement I'm about to make, like we'd love to hear from you. Like we want to hear disagreement and why. And I'll um, give you Jeremy's cell phone number so you can give him the disagreement. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fine. That's fine. Uh, Whatever you want, um, but no. So like, I'm I'm working on setting up for the the hit factor. I really want to set up a a messaging board thread, a Telegram, Discord, something like that, where everybody can get in there and just talk a whole bunch of shit on everybody. That would be really fun. So I'm trying to get that set up, but it's not there yet. I have a buddy that's like a Discord guru, so he could help us really? if we want to. Yeah. yeah, I may have to hit him up. Yeah, he's he's. Oh. So anyway, so I actually do believe that the people who are putting the most into the sport have the like their voices should be heard more than somebody who shoots one or two locals a year. Like I I'm sorry if that makes me an elitist, but like to say that the to say that you're C and D class shooters, uh like the and again there are some C and that's, it's even bad to say C and D cause there are some C shooters that put a ton in the sport. They are tons of matches and they go, they travel over and they're, they're super involved. So Jared's right. Like you can't necessarily say it's, it's a, it's a letter. It's a letter position in the sport, but, um, yeah. we are a sport and it, maybe that's where, maybe that's where uh, my view diverges from the boards and that maybe they see us more as a hobby, but I believe we are a sport and so the people putting the most into the sport, like we should support those people the most, more than supporting somebody who's who's really just, uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this on a Saturday just for fun. 
Like I'm not, I'm not actually going to involve myself at all. I don't know of any legitimate sport that doesn't do that. I don't like, like you don't see the PGA tour of America, um, asking the guy who's shooting 110 on Saturday, the two times a year that he, he goes and plays, Hey, what do you think about rule changes? Should we change, should we change our driver links for the pros because you want something different? Should, should we, should we do something different for them? Like, I'm, I'm pretty interested in shooting some PRS matches in the future, um, but more so like I'm in process of building a new hunting rifle, and PRS is like a, a good place to go. Like it's going to force you to shoot from different weird positions in different places, and it's going to give you different stuff. But I'm gonna be I'm gonna be your typical like I'm gonna go there. I might shoot two or three matches a year in PRS. I have absolutely zero expectations on PRS that they need to make a division that I can compete in easily or be more competitive in, or that they need to change the rules to make the like entry for me. No, like I'm going to show up with, with my gun. And I, it seems like I, there's a division that I like have an open division, which seems like you can take virtually any gun other than except for velocity and go compete in it. Uh, and I could be wrong on that. Like I'm not like super into PRS rules, but any hunting gun should be fine and like i can go compete and i can get my practice in and that and that's totally fine like like i'll get what i need to out of that sport but i don't i'm not asking that sport to change its rules for me that that would be silly um and i feel like maybe a little bit we we do that some with like like the guy that wants to just carry a gun and he wants to shoot a match every once in a while to get practice with a scary gun and stuff like that good like like that's awesome i'm super happy that we have a place where he can go do that and i think more people should do that do i think we should bend and change our rules for that person i i think not um if that makes me an elitist then i guess i'm an elitist and i'll i'll own that but if if there are guys who disagree with that like please write in like we want we would love to hear we would love to hear your feedback on that well, the thing is, like, people are going to disagree with that, and that's, that's fine. And I, but I think that's, that's really where we're kind of drawing the line between, between us and, and the current board, administration, whatever, is, like, that's genuinely the direction that we feel this sport should be built and go. And it has nothing to do with, with really being an elitist or, or hating the current board or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just like me personally, I believe the sport should be centered around competition, like bringing the absolute best competition and and seeing who's the best and promoting that, promoting the competition, mm-hmm. promoting the rivalries, promoting everything that makes the sport exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just where I think the sport should go. That's just my belief So that is what I push. Whether if you think that's elitist, I don't really care. If that comes off as elitist, I don't really care. Um, but that's the direction I think the sport should go. Well, yeah, I think that's well said. And, and, a, and a big thing, like what you guys are both discussing there, is like you know, when it comes to like rules and discussions like that, like we're concerned with rules that make sense for competition. And I think, generally speaking, it would be hard to argue that rules that make sense for competition as they filter down from nationals to area to section to state to local matches, like they're they're generally going to make sense. They're not going to harm the people that only shoot section match, their section match or the people that only shoot their area match, like good competitive rules are going to be good at any level of the sport. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And it, yeah. And I think we've made some rules from the, the bottom up rather than the top down. And I, yeah. I you know, like, like we discussed last week, like having rules for that hypothetical guy that might show up doesn't really make sense if it takes away from the guys that are showing up. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. All right, I don't have anything else on this topic, and I'm, I'm sure people are tired of hearing about it, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Uh, I just want to say, like, this bottle of Henry McKenna is, man, it's good. Is it fire? It's good, man. 
Like it's nice and sweet. Yeah. Like some bourbon, sometimes bourbon isn't always sweet, but this this bourbon, this bottle is pretty sweet. It's good. Jeff would even right. like this one. It's a little spicy. Like there's a little bit of spice, but I think Jeff you thinks could, mayonnaise is spicy. Yeah, yeah. I think he can Whatever, handle this. Oh my god! Oh, I love it. Okay, okay. All right, Jeff, what are you gonna do with with your off season? Like, wait, 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 wait. Didn't our listener have a second question? Yes. He said, second topic. As a squad member, is it okay to overlook scoring errors that favor the shooter if I'm not on the tablet or timer? Jeff. I'm, I'm interested to hear y'all say it's real this. Oh, you're first, Jeff. I called you. Okay. Okay, so the question was, is it okay? Is that what the question was? Is it okay to overlook scoring errors that favor the shooter if you're not on the timer or the tablet? So I, I'm pretty sure what he's asking, let, let's say, like, the, yeah. the RO calls out to Alpha, and it's actually it's actually Alpha Charlie. Like it wasn't like a line call. It just the RO just accidentally called two alpha. It right. if you're the if you're another competitor, should you correct the RO on that? Is that is that what he's asking? Yes. Dude, me, I am always an advocate for the shooter. It doesn't matter. Okay. If if they get a good call and the RO walks away, I paste that shit. Okay. I, that's just me. You y'all can do it however you want. I'm an advocate for the shooter. I'm not going to try to get someone a worse score or give them a hard time about a worse score they should have got. Okay. I'm an advocate for that guy. That's me. Jeremy. Uh, I am mostly pretty similar to Jeff. Um, I, I think Super Squad is, is the one place where this is maybe a little different. Um, like I, like I do, like, I think there's a, there's maybe room on the super squad. And I say that that's, it is not your job as a competitor to go around and score targets for your other competitors, good or bad. Like that's not your job. Your job is to paste and reset and the RO's job to score it. So on that, on that, I'm a hundred percent, uh, in agreement with Jeff. Like if the RO calls it and the shooter's good with it and the scorekeeper's good with it, then you tape it and go on, uh, at that point, like your job is done. Um, you know, if the RO misses, now if the if it's the other way, and the RO like the RO calls Alpha Mike, and there's an edge hit that they don't see, absolutely, I will call the RO and be like, "Hey, did you see this edge hit? Like, I think you called a Mike here." Hundred um, percent, argue for that. I have seen right. two. Yeah, you want to be an advocate for the shooter. Yeah. Yeah, and Jeff said that, and I just said it more in layman's terms. Um, now, I have seen too many um, sponsored big-name shooters uh, try to pull nonsense with ROs and pressure ROs into calls that for doubles that they don't have or reshoots that they didn't earn uh, or, or things of that nature that I – believe there's a certain amount of accountability on that super squad to kind of uh, keep things as fair for everybody as possible. Um, because let's face it, our, the big names in our, like a big name in the sport can, I'll just, I'll use Rob Latham because I've never seen him do this. I've, I've never seen him do it. Um, so I, I'm not accusing him. Like Rob Latham, there are several, there are uh, plenty enough ROs out there that if they're on Rob Latham and he got in their face about a call, that he could probably get them to overturn a call. Right. I mean, does, like, like th that could very easily happen, right? And I, I can say that about Rob because I've shot with him enough. I've never seen him come anywhere close to doing anything like that. Um, so I'd not to say, I mean, he's been in the sport a long time, but he's an old man now. Um, so, like, so I think maybe on the super squad and some settings like that, there might be a certain amount of accountability that, that the shooters uh, bring. But for the most part, I agree with Jeff, actually. So I am going to differ from both of you. If I am standing by the target and there's a clear alpha Charlie on it and the RO walks by and says two alpha, we go to RO and points to the target. Because personally, I believe 
that we should all be after the score we shot. I'm not going to go chase an RO down to correct the score, but if I'm standing by the target and they call it wrong, I have no issue correcting them. If it's my target, I'm going to correct the RO. If I'm standing there and I see the RO call Alpha Charlie and it's Alpha Delta, I'm going to say, no, no, RO, the it's not. And I think it's probably a little bit of difference from area to area. Like you talk, like, you know, probably should hold the super squad accountable. I think that stuff all starts at the local level, though. You hold each other accountable at the local level, and it works its way up. Yeah, I I wouldn't I would never tell an RO no. This is off of Charlie. I would I would maybe say hey RO did you see this target? Like did you RO did you score this target? Um, and if they say yeah, then like okay, yeah, they saw what they need to see. I said think some of that come different. Like local match here would expect someone to correct it if the RO called it wrong. That's I think the way it probably should be. There you go. Everybody's answer. Now, Jeff Sasquatch, we disagreed. We can't be friends anymore. Oh, okay. Uh, good night, guys. Right. I'm going to get up early for a meeting anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, off-season plans. Uh, Sasquatch, you have been shooting the most recently. Have you even considered oh. off-season, or are you just like Hold still on. in recovery? I want, to, I want to clarify by shooting the most recently um after nationals i shot a local like action steel match we had set up just because it fit the schedule but i am taking the entire month of november off like my, my gun's actually sitting here without a slide because the slides at dawson getting front sights made so one of my guns um so i'm, I'm taking this month off uh, some of our listeners will know the new uh, new Call of Duty Vanguard just came out on Friday. So I basically played that all weekend and drank beer. It was glorious. And then, Sounds like a good finish to the season. It was, it was quite awful. nice. And yeah. then, uh, this time of year is also really busy for me for work. So I, um, I'll be traveling quite a bit over the next couple of months. So I'm going to take all of November off and then I will shoot a little bit in December and start training in January because I'm shooting the Caribbean open the first week of February. And then I plan to take off time until about April before I really start my season. Interesting. Cool. Do you, have you like, do you have any idea of, things you're going to do in the off season or projects you're going to take on or things you want to tweak or anything like that? Nope. haven't even started thinking about my shooting. Fair like, enough. I'm so I know Jeremy's like, I don't get video games, but one thing I really like about this it is it's something that I could do mindless that I'm not thinking about shooting. Yeah. And then once, once I get into December, I'll, I'll start thinking about like what I want to focus in on and work on and, and where I want to see improvements for next year. I like it, man. Good stuff. What about you, Jeremy? Let's hear it. What's going on? You have stuff going on. Tell us about it. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, obviously, like, I stopped shooting, like, competing. My last actual match, well, since Jeff tried to kill me at Area 3 uh, with so my last actual match I shot, uh, as far as big match, was uh, Bighorn in July. So I haven't like competed in a in a big match in quite some time. So uh, I tried to kill him with COVID. It wasn't a pistol, just in case anybody was wondering. Yeah, because he that was probably his his most efficient way to try to kill me. Probably was with COVID because he would have missed with a handgun. Like right? Yeah, yeah. Because y'all have such a good track record. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, I mean, I've had I've had plenty of time. I've had plenty of time off. Um, I am. I have. I've started dry firing again. Um, not not heavily. My plan is to at least through November and December to dry fire three or four times a week. Um, just try to keep 
somewhat fresh on just gun handling skills and and gripping the gun and stuff like that. And obviously, nationals for me is we haven't actually we haven't. I don't know if we discussed that or not. Nationals, the schedule came out. I guess we kind of discussed it mm-hmm. last episode. Um, so yeah. it came out. Single stack is in May, is back in May again, um, which really not a fan of that, but. I guess that's. I don't think I can. There's nothing I can do about that at this point. So it's in May. Um, yeah, but it's kind I, of a return to the old days, right? Yeah, I mean, like that's. Yeah, for that division, they can say that's historical. Um, yeah. That's, I don't think that's a good enough reason to keep it there, but you know, that's yeah. that's fine. That's my opinion. Um, but they can say that. Yeah, they can say that. Uh, with it, with it being May, uh, being early in the year, even I mean, I'm in Texas, but I'm in the northern part of Texas. Like, we can have snow until Easter. Like, Easter is usually our kind of our last weekend of snow where I'm at. Uh, Jeff's probably probably same boat. Um, and so, training is hard to like. It's hard to really schedule it and know for sure. Hey, I can go outside and shoot and train. Um, and so, I'm trying to avoid the. I've got six weeks till nationals, and so now it's time to ramp up and really, really get everything <laughs> dialed in. Um, right. I'm I'm hoping that what I can I can do is is keep stuff fresh enough, and and shoot some through the off season. Like if I get a nice warm day and I want to go shoot, um, that's part of why I want to dry fires often is so that if I if I get a nice day and I want to go shoot, I feel at least fresh enough like that I can go shoot and have fun. Whereas, like, if I just don't touch a gun for, like, four weeks or a month, and then I get a nice day and all of a sudden I want to go shoot, I'm kind of unmotivated to do that because I know it's not going to be good. Like, like it's just, like, my gun handling is not going to be there or anything like that. So, hopefully this will keep me – It'll I'll be able to go out and shoot and enjoy those kind of nice warm days when I want to. And then, hopefully, getting into nationals, I'm uh, – I'm not trying to cram into six weeks. I'm not trying to cram everything into six weeks. And it's more of just those last six weeks getting polished up. That's, that's kind of my goal at this point. So do you have anything specific this off season that you're like going to really try to change or anything like that? Um, biggest thing is, is paying uh, some more attention to the tension in my, dominant hand in my right hand my shooting uh my figure hand whatever you want to call that my right hand uh i'm very right hand dominant like i'm I'm very right hand dominant um and so for me like whenever i i grip the gun hard it's really hard for me to isolate the left hand versus the right hand it tends to be more the right hand is what probably grips the gun harder than anything and and that just that amount of tension makes shooting well very difficult um and so i do want to try to pay as much attention to that as i can uh during the off season um some trigger issues some some i want to clean up uh some trigger pull issues and and just keep keep working towards that was what i was working on this last last season and keep working keep working on that um and trying i was seeing some good progress in practice but it didn't it didn't ever translate to matches just because it just it didn't ever get cemented enough in my mind right yeah uh, i know what you mean so that's that's kind of that's kind of where i'm i'm headed um i kind of i kind of came to a realization this a little bit more in the kind of the like a workout from a workout standpoint but the goal in and having like a routine that you say, let's say you're working out every day, like the goal in doing that, like there's going to be times where you feel really motivated to hit the gym hard or really motivated to dry fire hard. And I think those are the times you should like, like you should go hard then. Like if you want to do two or three workouts a day, like, and you're feeling motivated for a couple of weeks, hit it hard, like go after it. Um, and then if you're not super motivated, um, don't don't completely shut down like but do enough so that whenever those times where you're motivated come back around because they will like i think it's cyclical uh do enough so that you're prepared and ready to go when those times hit 
And so that's really what I'm, that's really what I'm trying to do from a workout standpoint, but then also from a shooting standpoint, I'm trying to do enough so that if I get real motivated and want to go shoot, I'm prepared and I can do so. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm uh, kind of on the, on the same, of the same mindset in, in that regard. I know we talked about it a little bit, but yeah, if, if you're motivated, if the motivation is there, like open it up, man, let it run. Yep. Uh, and, but this is also for me, this is kind of my mindset in this, like, this is why it's important for me to have, again, referring to fitness workout. This is why it's important for me to have a workout plan. I don't like get up every morning and be like, oh, what am I going to do today? It's like, I, I have a plan. Like, this is what I do every week. These are the things I'm trying to improve every week. So that when I'm not motivated, I still know what I have to do because we know that creativity really disappears when motivation isn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have a plan, if you have something written down, and you have something you're supposed to do, motivation or not, you can, you know, you can call upon your discipline to get it done. Uh, you don't have to call upon your creativity and discipline to get it done. So, yeah, that's kind of my mindset along, kind of along the same lines, though. Yeah, I think I think having a plan uh, is is crucial for those times when you're when you're unmotivated. Uh, I know, like when I'm in the shop working, like if I will put like a to do list on the board, like I get stuff done so much faster than if I just walk in the shop. Like, well, what am I going to work on today? Am I going to fit an extractor? Am I do a trigger job? Am I going to checker the front strap or? Like when I've got a to-do list, like I get it done much more efficiently. Uh, I don't think I don't yeah. think shooting and training is any different. Yeah, the to-do lists when you're unmotivated are amazing. Yeah. Maybe that's just a personality type. I don't know, but yeah, if you're unmotivated, you have stuff you're supposed to do, and you don't have to come up with something you're supposed to do. It's game changer. Yeah. So, okay. So, are you are you started dry firing? Are you taking? Are you going to take a long off season, a short off season? Uh, I have not started dry firing. I'm kind of working on another project that I want to get completed before I start dry firing. So, I'm putting in a lot of time on this. Yeah. Um, But no, my guns. I actually just took them out of my range bag from. Area four, like last week. Yeah, <laughs> it was still just tucked away in there, sitting on my reloading bench. Um, so I was like, walked in, set them down, and hadn't touched them since. Yeah. Um, and I was okay with that. Like, I have become super comfortable with off season. Like, it used to bother me to like kick into off season. It's like, oh, I'm not ready. It's like, you're going to have to strip it from my hands. Uh, but I've just become more comfortable with it. It's like, I know I'll be back. I'll be back. You just wait. You know? Um, Yeah. I'm just kind of at peace with the off season. So I'm in the middle of that. I'm working on a project that I will tell you is I'm designing a program to help me track workouts, uh, track dry fire workouts. So I'm developing an app, use uh, kind of like a workout app that you would download off of the app store or something. But it's going to be a library of specific skills related to dry fire instead of you know bench press, pull ups kind of stuff. So it will be a library of skills that you can pull and you can build a dry fire workout and you can log either time or reps per skill. And then you'll have a list of all the workouts that you've done all year, and you can put notes in there, time and hours and whatever. Anyway, so that's what I'm working on, and that's the project I want to finish before I start dry firing, for obvious reasons. So, are you going to make it like a deal where, like, you can like level up? Like, you have to hit such so many percentages in each category that, like, you can level up to like, I don't know. I don't want to use grandmaster, but you can be like. 
a Saiyan and like a Super Saiyan, and I don't know what else. I I I what I've seen some Dragon Ball Z, but I'm not. I shouldn't be using references that I don't know. I've made that mistake too many times on this show. <laughs> I, I need I to not it. do that. But I, I, I can't just help myself. If you would ever see Dragon Ball Z? Because at your age, I figured it came out way later. No, no, it was out when I was when I was. I don't know if it was out when I was a little kid, but it was out when I was at least a kid. Uh, but yeah, like that'd be kind of no, cool. Like it, if you can level up, but then like if you maybe if you like if you ignore like your your weekend stuff, then all of a sudden you're it's going to drag you back down to a level, so you're purple instead of red or or whatever you want to make the levels, and then you can have a badge that goes on your Facebook page like, hey, I'm a I'm gold level in Jeff's app. Okay. I mean, anything is possibility. I have a lot. I have like a whole list of awesome ideas that I want to implement into this this uh, app that I'm developing. But right now, like at the very base of it, I just want to be able to select skills and place them into a workout and work out or dry fire. You know, I'm using workout instead of dry fire. But yeah, uh, that's. That's the very base first thing I want to get done before I start dry firing, and then I'll, I plan on building it out from there and implementing a lot more uh, other usable items in inside of that application. But it's uh, there's a big learning curve, believe it or not, to learning how to develop apps. So I'm working really hard at it. And I'm learning a lot, and I'm enjoying it because it kind of satisfies my techie urge. But uh, it is challenging, and I'm hitting a lot of roadblocks. But we're getting there. Are you getting to use your clickety clackety keyboard? I am using the shit out of it, dude. <laughs> clickety clackety way. Yeah. So I mean, that's what I'm doing, and I, uh, as far as like specific dry fire things, I improve on. I just want to kind of what Jeremy was saying. He's building on something that he kind of finished. He was working on at the end of this year. And I'm kind of the same way. I was really working on recoil control and diving really deep into trying to master recoil control. So I was kind of obsessing over it. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to keep building on that because I'm pretty obsessed with having like perfect recoil control, return, all that, all that stuff. Are you going to shoot single stag nationals? No. Oh. Loser. No, I'm not, I'm not planning on it because I don't I don't know specifically when I'll get my my application done or my app done. Um, but I don't imagine it would be super soon. It might be. It could be a few weeks or it could be a few months. Um, but yeah, I mean, just getting ready for a nationals in May. I'd rather just not, man. I don't. I like to start shooting in the time change in March. That's when I like to start because I can go practice after work. They do yeah. long enough, so it, it kind of it just works for me. For me to start my season uh, middle of March or beginning of March, whatever that is. Uh, so that's kind of when I start trying to really practice. I'll start dry firing probably. In, January, February, but uh, yeah, it just it works better for me to not start till March, and I, I would no way I'd be trained up good for May. It'd be it would be like this last season, you know, where I did that, and it's okay, it just wasn't great, and I would like to do better. So, no, that makes sense. Yeah. I think that's all I had on off-season. Yeah, sounds good. good. You know, I want to touch on one thing. You mentioned in your off-season that you, uh, about how you kind of look forward to it because you're going to be back. And where I mentioned, like, I just decided that, like, in the entire month of November, I'm not going to shoot or mess with my guns. And I think that's something important for people to remember. Everybody kind of has a different mindset toward it. So for me, if I don't just like force myself to be like, yeah, I put the guns down here and I can't, like I'll shoot all year long. I'll never stop. 
because we have enough locals and everything around here during the winter and indoors and everything else that like I have to physically make myself take a break. And even now, like I'm already like I'm wanting to think about getting back started shooting, but I'm trying to do other things to occupy my time and my mind. You should get married and have kids, and then that will become less of an issue for you. <laughs> that sounds hey, terrible. to do. <laughs> you could uh you should build a you should build a PRS rifle. Dude, I can't afford that stuff. You're single and you don't have kids. Yeah, but I already spent a lot of money on rifles. I I built a new AR that I haven't even shot yet. It has a Vortex Razor 1 to 10 on it and a proof research barrel. And I built it last year and have not shot it yet. It's, so I don't think I need to build a PRS rifle either. So I'm building. So me and a buddy of mine have decided to uh, we're we're gonna go mule deer hunting next year, a western hunt, Colorado, Idaho, most likely one of those two. And so it's like yeah, I need to build a new gun. Like I have a 270, like a Browning A bolt that I bought like in high school. It's like I mean it would probably kill a mule deer just fine, but that's not how I roll. Like I need something. I need like a custom gun. Yeah. Um, of course, yeah. So I've decided I'm going to build a uh, a 280 Ackley improved, um, which you basically get uh, virtually get seven mag velocities out of a 30 out six case um, out of that. And so, so that's my plan. If somebody has like, if somebody's like, bro, that's uh, cartridge is trash. You should get this, or you should get this. Like, I'm all open for suggestions. I haven't I haven't bought an action yet. I'm actually waiting to hear back from Defiance an email from them to buy an action from them uh and we'll see but that's the best option that i've seen because i it's also that seven millimeter i can get big enough a big enough uh bullet in it that'll be work well for elk as well and so that's kind of why i'm going going that route versus like a six millimeter if it was a strictly hunting rifle i still think i would go with a like 300 wind mag i don't i don't want to get I have no interest in a, a wind mag. <laughs> Readily available, well, I, I think is good. Hey, I have big news. I have big news. So this uh, this house I've been trying to sell for six months. We're supposed to we're supposed to close on it, like either Friday or beginning next week. Hey, is your desk made out of wood? You should knock on it real quick. Yeah. Is this the yeah. third or fourth closing date that you've had? I think it's only the second closing date, but it's definitely the fourth or fifth contract. So this is your fourth or fifth set of buyers? Yes. Yes. And it's been a different reason that they've backed out every time. It's never one thing. We put a roof on it. I don't know if I ever mentioned that on here, but... Yeah, when we bought the house like five, six years ago, we put a roof on it, and we just put another roof on it. Wait. A roof should last longer than five or six years. Not in, not in freaking Oklahoma or West Texas, it don't. Especially no. if it's a shingle, if it's an asphalt shingle roof, they don't. Yeah, the hail, I guess the hail would beat all the shit, so it was, uh, it was needed to be replaced. So, new roof! Uh, that's done. So yeah, we're supposed to close on it, man. That would be amazing. That's, that's exciting. And and you got tires on your Jeep, and you got your Jeep out of that place. Yeah, that was this last weekend. We actually finished moving all of our stuff out, and I had my Jeep towed because it won't drive right now. I thought so, my next question was if you drove it over or towed it over. No, I didn't even try to start it, dude. I, so last time it was tagged, it was 2015. Um, I, I don't know, yeah. I mean, it's probably just like gelatin in the motor right now. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really want to know right now. It's just sitting in the shop. I'll figure it out later. I think that uh, that Jeep would be a great prop for Matt to use at Area 3 this year. Well, you know, maybe. 
we could probably convince him to use it. Like we could, it could be like soft cover. Yeah. Right. Shoot right through it. Be awesome. You could it'd be great no. with prone. It's got those big old tires on it, so you could actually shoot like prone underneath it. It'd be good. Yeah, I mean, most people could probably just squat and shoot underneath it. Yeah, yeah. Dude. You'd have to go to prone. Yeah, you'd have to bend over, but. Yeah, I'm not flexible. Uh, no. So, yeah, big, 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 big changes in Jeff's life. Exciting changes. I hope these buyers actually buy it. Yeah, I'm kind of sick of hearing about it at this point, so I hope I hope that it, they buy it, too. Also, All right. Been so long, like a third generation of raccoons probably live in the attic by now. Well, that's the other thing. Like in poor raccoons, they they thought they've had four different new uh, guests Caretaker. to come to their house. Caretakers, yeah, nobody's come in to feed them. Like it's uh, four things. Yeah, I don't. I have no sympathy for the but yeah, I'm also tired of hearing about closing this. <laughs> I would imagine so. I, yeah. I don't like maintaining one house. I would hate maintaining two. Oh, there's no maintaining. It's just sitting over there deteriorating. Yeah, Let's that's the it. problem. Yeah, yeah, house will yeah. fall apart real quick with nobody's with nobody's in it. Nobody's doing nothing. They will. Yeah. Like every, every time I go over there, it's like, well, that looks worse than I did last time I was here. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be super pissed if these people won't close. Super. So pissed. Man, I kind of want to make like a, like a prank phone call to Jeff in like three days. Be like, yeah, so if I knew, I wish I knew the person's name. Like, this is so and so. Like, man, we really wanted that house, but Granny died, and we can't. We got to pay for a funeral now. We can't. Can't buy the house. Sorry, buddy. You would get. You would get no sympathy from me for Granny. Right now, right now, you would not get it. Oh man! All right. Well, Sasquatch, have fun playing all your video games. I hope that that, I don't know what I hope that that does for you, because I don't know what it does for you, but <laughs> I hope you ha- I hope you have fun, and you develop good camaraderie with your buddies that also like to play video games. Me and Joel were just playing today. That's, that's great. I'm happy for you guys. Jeff, I hope your house sells, and I hope your app, uh, I look, I, we need to start, e- like I feel like you need to get some more input from us on this app. Um, I will. So I'm gonna get like a. a I'm gonna get develop get like a beta or whatever, and then I'll send it to a few people. And you know, most people don't track their dry fire, so I realize it's gonna be like extra work for somebody to actually use it. Um, but I'll send it, see if I can get some people to use it, get some feedback on usability and. Uh, kind of one of the big things has been developing the library skills. It's, it gets kind of complicated when you really start thinking about it. Uh, so, yeah, got the feedback on that. Uh, like, why is this in here? Or you should have this in there. I kind of stuff. I would love some of that feedback. So if you want to try it, you should actually send me a message. And when I get it done, I'll let you try it out. Because when I get it done, it won't be free because it's way too much work. Yeah. There you go. I look. For, I look forward to the royalties that we get Sasquatch for him using uh, the podcast to advertise for it. Uh, that should be. That should be pretty yeah. nice uh, for us. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I will either like just become completely crushed and give up on this thing or I will become an app developing genius. So, you all are just along for the ride. 
we need we need to put a poll up with odds on uh Jeff's what is he yeah. going to be successful here or is he going to crawl in a cave and give mm-hmm. up? You know what, just comment on the I wouldn't bet against me. I wouldn't bet against me. I mean he didn't say he would he would bet for him either though. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. I got to go. Thank you guys for listening. Stop recording, damn it.